Chapter 28 A lot of things met the senses as soon as the three entered Berg's Dragon Sanctuary. Ilse figured he'd let them enter first so they could get a full view. It meant that he didn't see the honest mixture of wonder and disgust that crossed his visitors' faces. It was a structure similar to a two-story barn, except there were large windows through which creatures could fly in and out of the building. There were also a lot of posts and wooden columns placed throughout to keep the building sound. The walls were covered in thick scrapes, and dung and straw lined the loft and sprinkled to the ground with every intense shaking. To Ilse, it looked like a large, dangerous chicken coop. Many of the younger creatures were crawling on the floors, up the posts, or against the walls, and the adolescents were flying or wrestling with their siblings. The disgust came more from the smell. They could tell that the floors were as well kept as Berg could manage, but not enough breeze or clean water could clear out the natural smells. It definitely reeked like dung and urine, but it deepened and worsened with the smell of fresh raw meat that was heaped into a long trough that lined the circumference of the structure. It was a madhouse, and Berg seemed highly content being its keeper. What is that smell? Tyke managed. Ilse looked at him with a squint in her eye. That's the hatchlings, Berg replied happily. He moved easily around the mess to take his spot back in the lead. They should be easier on the eyes by now. They're still figuring out their breath, so give good distance. He maneuvered in between Rashma and Elsie to get by. As soon as he entered, a few nearby dragons flew or crawled towards him like children greeting their father after a long day's work. As the three followed him, the other dragons dared to approach their visitors with glances, half-mature roars, and good-natured shoe-nibbling. Each week is something new, Berg continued. He gestured to a small nest of dragons that slithered like winged lizards. There were a few eggs still unhatched and they served as extra terrain for the newborns. I mean, new breeds. Mums and dads come and go and do what they like. It's a bit of fun to decide how big they'll eventually get and what comes out of their mouths. Do they live here forever? Resma asked, looking around, ducking as a red beast swooped past where her head used to be. Easy come and go, Berg shrugged. Many take off as soon as they are big and maybe come back if they're about to be mamas. Some come when wounded and they'll leave when they're mended. I don't mind either way. I'm just here if they need me. They must have a need to seek shelter, Ilse mused. There's so many here. These are quite a few more than I usually tend, Berg said. But there's a big population of them around this part of the world. Sort of like rabbits with how many of them there are. Ilse looked over to Tyke to gauge his interest. He was quiet lately and it was starting to show and get on her nerves. He looked around without really looking, like he wasn't impressed being surrounded by dragons. He stood there, waiting to leave. Ilse couldn't quite justify it, but it irked her. He was being rude after everything Berg and his family did to welcome them and make them feel safe. Do people train them to fight? Rashma asked. Ilse started to pay attention at that. Good luck, Berg said. We know what they're capable of, and it's not worth trying to tame something that doesn't have the nature to be so. Reshma looked pointedly at Ilse as if she was trying to communicate something to her. Was Reshma possibly thinking of enlisting dragons to fight the Yildirim? Or prevent the Yildirim from getting the same idea? Ilse shuddered at the idea, but deep down she figured it would be easier to persuade a dragon to fight with her than a mermaid. By a long shot. Reshma and Ilse fired a few more questions at Berg before the stench really got to them. Ilse suggested they move on and follow Berg as he showed them around town. They mentioned that they would be staying for a while, and Berg happily volunteered to take them around and potentially look for work. 
Berg and Reshma took the lead, and Ilse pinched Tyke's arm to get his attention. What did you think of Berg's dragon farm? Ilse asked. She could think of a thousand more pointed ways to bring up the topic of Tyke's stoic silence, but opted to try for a subtle, light approach. It was decent. I bet you would want to draw some of those dragon wings up close to remember for your next project, Ilse tried. He used to be obsessed with wings and studied all kinds to get a grasp of which one could best hold human weight. They probably wouldn't survive the trip home, was his reply. Ilse fumed inwardly. She'd known him for almost his whole life and he was acting like a complete stranger. He was always happy to learn and be polite to others. Now he was acting stuck up and unbearable. Perhaps something was bothering him about this place. As eccentric as Berg was, it was hard for her to imagine anyone not liking him. He was too nice and generous. She wanted to ask him what his problem was, but she thought maybe another time would be better. She still glowered inwardly, crafting the ideal conversation to get to the bottom of Tyke's off-putting behavior. Hey, Tyke, Ilse said, looking at him. Are you okay? She arrived from Berg's farmhouse and stood in the doorway of Tyke's room, smelling of hay. She had been working there for a few days and came back to the inn after a long day for a bath and supper. Oh, yeah, he replied, offering a small smile. Better now that I look less like a soldier. Rashma offered to torch my old Yildirim uniform to remove all traces. She was particularly eager about that. I'll say, you can relax, trust me, Elsie said. I'm relaxed. He now wore his own comfortable brown pants with hunting boots. He wore a long-sleeved white cotton shirt and a dark navy blue vest. Well, you look nice, Elsie said, smiling. You hardly look like you've been at the blacksmith's all day. It's working out nicely, Tyke shrugged. You seem happy as a dragon farmer. Ilse laughed. Yeah, Berg and his whole family are borderline obsessed with me. They're so willing to tell us everything about this place. It's worth working close by. The smell is getting better since I decided to clean up the place. Ilse smiled. But it'll be nice to do something while we figure out our next step. If we work, we won't have to pay for our rooms, so it all works out. Besides, hatching dragons seems like more fun than washing and mending. I didn't know dragons fascinated you so much. I've been fascinated by a lot of new and interesting things since leaving Dove, Ilse said, folding her arms. Are you well? Tyke gulped and gritted his teeth into a smile. He was sweating mildly when he looked at her and said, I've been better. You look like you're having a fever. It's fine, Tyke interrupted, balking from her attempt to touch him. I know there's sweat on my face. Ilse held up her hands in mock defeat and walked out of the room. Hey, I didn't mean to sound like that, Tyke said, following. He tried to grab her arm, but she already turned around and sighed. You just seem jumpy since we got in this village. I'm sure you're worried about getting caught, but we've been here for a few days and we haven't seen a single soldier, Ilse said. I just hoped you were feeling comfortable by now. What are you doing right now? Well, I came to check on you, Ilse said. Reshma is spending time with Berg and the dragon eggs and I thought I might go back. There is, um, something I want to show you, he said. Something much more fascinating than dragons. She looked curiously at him and laughed. What do you mean? Just come and see. It's really important, he said. He gently took her hand and motioned to the stairs. Ilse just followed, giving him a glance of uncertainty. He wove through the throng of people and guided her out of the inn and out of the village. Where are you taking me? she asked. Or is this all some kind of surprise? 
She looked back as the inn was growing smaller and smaller. She didn't think to bring a weapon since she didn't know he was going to take her out of the village but up the bordering mountain. Just wait, he said, smiling mysteriously. Can't you just tell me what this is all about? Just a bit further, Ilse. It'll be worth it, Tyke said again, flashing a quick smile. Ilse smiled back, but hesitantly. They ventured onto a small trail that zigzagged up the slope. The trees stood tall, allowing rays of the setting sun to escape into the clearing. He took her up a ways to the top of a steep hill to look at the scenery. It's so beautiful, she said between gulps of air. She could see the tiny village below with its red, lush sand spread like jam on bread. The entrances and streets were lit with torches as everyone was finding their way home. Dragons flapped their wings and either swooped into the village or left the quaint place. See over there? There's the Crescent Mountains, Tyke said, pointing at the faded mountains with snow and cloud covering the peaks. And there are the charcoal volcanoes. It's very lovely. I told you at one point I'd find a way to get us off that island. I'm just sorry that the only escape route was for you to fly through and for me to become a Ilderum, Tyke said. Ilse smiled and shook her head, gazing into the distance. Well, if this was the important thing to show me, then we better head back for supper, Ilse said. I'm starving. You could use some stew, I bet. Let's stay out a little longer. Would you care if we took a stroll in the forest? He said, a bit excited. Ilse looked at him for a moment with a puzzled expression. He was sweating profusely when Ilse knew full well he was capable of cooling himself with a simple spell. I want to go back. I don't like walking out of the village weaponless. We didn't even tell Reshma where we were going. Plus, I don't think you know where you're going. Tyke didn't answer and Ilse followed him as he ventured ahead. Ilse found this more than odd. He was skipping around like a grade school child and then started to run in between the trees. Ilse walked behind him, gazing at the trees as it became darker. Tyke turned quickly. Let's race, he said, almost panting with excitement. What? Go! He called and ran back the way they came. Ilse watched him run and decided to follow him. She began running. She wasn't used to running in a dress. She was tempted to use Swift to catch up, but didn't want to careen into a tree in the dark. She began mumbling different things under her breath. Ha! I won! He called out cheerfully a few yards away. Tyke, are you mental? She called. She found him atop a hill, frozen where he stood. He was gazing in the sky again. She was starting to become irritated. She breathed heavily and leaned against a nearby tree. Answer me! What's with you? You've been all funny since we got here. I feel like you don't like Berg and his family. So tell me what is so wrong about the village and the nice people. She was surprised when he suddenly turned and faced her. His eyes flickered red for a short, fleeting moment. He had a small frown in his face, and his eyes twitched. He had changed his mood, and fast. Ilse took a step back. He just stood there. She was about to speak when he suddenly stomped away. He was waving his hands in frustration. What's wrong? It won't stop! That stupid voice in my head won't stop! It's telling me to do things I don't want to do! Tyke said, raging and storming. Ilse just stood there, confused. He went from calm to energetic to suddenly very dangerous. She hurriedly followed him, afraid of what he would do. Just let me try to understand. Tyke suddenly grabbed her close by her arms and pressed his lips against hers. Ilse's eyes fluttered. She wrestled out of his grip and backed away. She was breathing heavily, tears threatening. What is wrong with you? What was that? She cried as she quickly stormed off. She didn't care if she would leave Tyke alone in the trees. She felt more concerned about being safe at home. She suddenly didn't feel safe around him and was tired of playing along with his mental antics. 
Tyke grabbed her arm. Let go! She screamed and pulled away. Stop! Stop it or I'll... Or you'll do what? He growled very close to her face. She instinctively slapped his face with an icy hand the first time she had really hit him to hurt him. He growled with a tone of voice she had never heard before as a sliver opened and oozed blood. She dodged his glare and took a few steps back. Tyke growled and shook his head in frustration. He suddenly fell to his knees and cried out in pain. Tyke! His face was hidden with his shaggy hair, which looked thicker with each moment. He looked up at Ilse's confused face with hair covering his eyes. She screamed when she saw him suddenly grow fangs. Get away from me! He moaned. She didn't need to be told twice. She ran into the safety of the trees, but turned to see what was happening to him. She wanted to help him, but he was... dangerous. He was completely engulfed in moonlight on the side of the mountain, and she was still under the trees. The full moon shone in full glory over the hillside in the black sky. Ilse looked back at Tyke and held back her stifled scream. Moonlight spilled over his crouching figure. Thick hair grew all over his body. He curled his body with his knees to his chest as he howled in pain. A long, wispy tail sprouted out as he tore at his clothes and satchel with large paws. Within moments, he had transformed into a full-grown wolf. Ilse ran down the path as fast as her slippers would allow. She tripped on a branch and she tumbled to the ground. As she tried to get up, she heard eager and angry grunts behind her and an enormous weight on her back. She squirmed and screamed at a sharp pain behind her neck. Go away! Leave me alone! She exclaimed. She sang a spell that shielded the back of her body with ice. She stood up and the beast recoiled at the touch. She drew a line of ice on the ground, putting distance between her and the wolf. It gave her a head start down the mountain. She didn't remember when she lost her shoes, but she abandoned them for the sake of getting off the mountain and back to something she could understand. As she was running, she looked over her shoulder and saw him running, chasing her with blood-red eyes. Tears blinded her vision. Her neck and back pained her. The last thing she remembered was creating a cooling and protective shield over her pain as she tripped and fell.